You've heard it, we've all heard it, words matter. What we don't hear is that words matter because they are matter. This insight, along with others we cover on this show, gives you a superpower. The ability to harness the power of words to revolutionize workplaces and the world. The power to create cultures where productivity soars, profits rise, and people feel included and inspired. As with all superpowers, you have to learn how to manage it. And that's what this podcast is all about. It's about getting intentional with your communication eyes, your inputs, AKA words and language to get the O's, the outcomes, AKA the results, the impact that you want. Join me, your host, Erica Mills Barnhart and my amazing guests as we explore the wild and wonderful world of Communicate I.O. It's summer and that means what? vacation or holiday or however you'd like to say that, uh, depending on where you are in the world. Um, there's something sort of fun, posh feeling about saying I'm going on holiday. I don't know why, just to me, maybe it's me. Okay, so you're going to take vacation or a holiday or go on holiday or whatnot, and that means you'll be crafting an out-of-office reply, most likely. I know in some environments, um, I will say this is true in many academic environments, Nobody puts on an out-of-office, which is interesting, but I think an out-of-office is important. It, you know, it allows you to manage expectations, like people, it like can diminish anxiety for people who are like, oh, they're gone. When are they going to be back? These types of things. And, 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 and an out-of-office can do so much more, right? So let's talk about those replies, shall we? Now, you may not think of an out-of-office reply as a way to convey your leadership style, but it is. It's a little thing that can say a lot about you. In episode 49, the one immediately prior to this, I talked about the law of little things. This is one of those little things, this out-of-office reply, that over time add up to big things, like, for instance, how people perceive you as a human and also as a leader. So let's take, I want to take a listen. I'm going to read them to you obviously, because it's a podcast, <laughs> to three, three different replies I got from the email I sent out about the Law of Little Things episode, which if you're new to the show, one, welcome. Also, and or if you missed it, I encourage you to listen to that. You don't need to stop and go back or anything. It's uh, somewhat intuitive, but I would definitely give it a listen because it is in like, there's so much opportunity, overlooked opportunity in these little things. Okay. I'm going to infer with my tone of voice, just harnessing some paralanguage here, how these emails sounded when I read them in my head. I didn't read them out loud, but this is how they sounded. All right. The first one. Hello, beautiful people. I am on vacation through June 6th. Please contact so-and-so at such-and-such if you need assistance during this time. If you leave a message, I will reach out to you upon my return. Thank you. All right. That's number one. So I heard in my head. Number two, greetings, greetings. Thank you for contacting me. I am out of the office till Thursday, June 2nd, and will be back in the office Monday, June 6th. For immediate assistance, call blah, 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 blah. Have a wonderful day. And then number three, thank you for your email. I'm out of the office Thursday, June 2nd, and Friday, June 3rd, unable to respond at this time. I will be happy to get back to you when I return on Monday, June 6th. If this 
it is an urgent matter, please email so-and-so. If you wish to make a gift to our organization, please visit, and then there's the URL. Okay. Now, so three, three different out-of-office replies. Number one and number two have a pretty similar vibe. There's some exclamation points, especially number two. We're going to come back to that. They're, they're upbeat. They're pretty open, accessible. Yet they also set a clear boundary about when they're going to be out. So don't expect to hear from me. <laughs> and manage your expectation about when, when you can expect. It's an expectation. Expect, expect. When you, can hear, when, you'll, when you are likely to hear back from them. Now, let's look at the inputs a bit more. Number one, open with unexpected words. The words, beautiful people. Hello, beautiful people. You don't like see or hear that much in the business world. And this, this was from a business um, email address, right? So it might, it might just um, be deemed, quote unquote, unprofessional. I would counter, if anybody were making that case, uh, I would counter that the reply is totally professional in every way all while giving you a clear sense of this person's personality. Like you can almost visualize or feel what a personality would be like with this person because they are somebody who in their out of office reply says, hello, beautiful people. I, of course, also have to out read it as hello, beautiful person, as if this person were talking directly to me upon rereading it. I see that's not true, but that's how, that's how it felt. Let's linger on this idea of what's professional and what's not for a second. I feel like this is especially important for women and even more so for women in, in leadership. So yes, clearly there are some lines that if crossed just are going to be, you know, straight up unprofessional, I don't showing up in your pajamas, for instance, or to a meeting without pants or a skirt or something on. Yeah, no, <laughs> like, so, so there are some bright lines, but on balance, you know, there's this, there's this whole other realm. Right. And I've worked with many. And when I say realm, I mean, like there's a lot of gray area and a lot of people with opinions about what's professional or not. I've worked with many, many a woman leader who felt like they needed to like tone down their personality in order to be professional or, you know, change in some way or to some extent where they had to like in a way where, where they had to like think about how they were going to show up because it was counter to how they would naturally show up, right? So changing who, they're, who they are rather than showing up as the fullest, most awesome version of themselves. This is a double whammy bummer. Number one, it's not a good use of resources. So for prag the pragmatists among us, myself included, like th this is a bummer because it's inefficient, it means that you're diverting mental energy to showing up in a way that's quote unquote acceptable or professional, but not necessarily who you naturally are. So it's, it, and that takes energy, right? And anytime, you know, any of us have, and I think we most of us uh, have experienced this. You're like, okay, I have to show up in this way. And then you have to remember to talk in a specific way or not talk or, you know, any of these things, that's just a lot of energy, right? So so it's directing energy in that way, uh, as opposed to this, you know, the way where you show up like you, your most awesome self, and then you can focus on the content or the other people in the room or a whole bunch of other things, right? So that's that's bummer number one, inefficient. Number two, it robs the world of the gift that is you being you, right? There's no other you. Like, and I know that you, you, you've heard this from other people. There's some very famous quote that I'm forgetting right now. 
but it it is true. The reason it keeps coming up is because there's only one you. And if you think about it, I mean, it can get existential pretty quickly. That's so flipping cool, right? That's so cool. And why, why, why is our work work? you know, with ease, why isn't it to just fill up, but show up as the fullest expressions of ourselves, right? So there's a whole another conversation we can have about why that happens, the socialization, but I want to invite you into that line of inquiry for yourself. It, are there ways in which you're, you're um, contorting or, or adapting, changing who you are rather than just being like, this is me. This is the fullest expression of me. So I have this little, lovely little letterpress card um, on my desk with this quote from Anne Rand, uh, which reads, which reads, and she says for dramatic pause, no, not really. I just actually lost my place there. <laughs> actually, I could just look over. It literally is on my desk, which reads, the question isn't who is going to let me. It's who is going to stop me. The question isn't who is going to let me. It's who is going to stop me. Who is going to stop you? Who is going to stop me from showing up? as us, the fullest expression of us, right? Who gets to decide what is authentic to you? That's a loaded word, authentic. What is professional? What is allowable or acceptable? Yes, there are power dynamics. There are lines not to be crossed. There are hierarchies and a whole bunch of other things to factor in. And you get to decide who you want to be as a human, as a leader, as a mom, as a partner. You get to decide right? And then you get to show up accordingly. Yes, we need to show up differently, you know, at our dinner table than we do at, you know, in the boardroom. Absolutely. And you can, you know, fluidly move between contexts and still be you. When you dim your light, you're not doing anyone any favors, especially yourself. And this has everything to do with your out-of-office reply. Oh, you thought I'd forgot. No, no, no. Yes, I went off on a little rant there. And <laughs> I want to come back to the law of little things and your out of office reply. Now, the law of little things says that little things add up to big things, big impact over time. That's why it's worth working the communicate IO protocol, even with your out of office. So what does that mean? That means you start with the intangible outcome you want to achieve. And you do that by asking, how do I want someone to feel when they receive this? happy, seen, informed, whatever it is, whatever it is, name it. Then figure out which words and grammatical flourishes or not, depending on if you're a grammatical flourishing type of leader and person, uh, what do you want to include? And then write the out of office reply, right? And this does not need to be a tome unless, unless that is your vibe and how you generally communicate. Um, you can you can do a lot in a little amount of space as we saw with these out of office replies, okay? Now, so like, are you gonna use the word beautiful or the two, you know, beautiful people? How about the exclamation points? That's that second email, greetings, greetings, two exclamation points. Also, it was on two separate lines uh, rather than on the same line. So there's something about it. I was like, well, hello, yes, welcome to me into your email. <laughs> the two separate lines was uh, a nice touch exclamation points. Say women in particular get this feedback because we are somewhat more prone to using exclamation points. Most of the time when I work with folks and I say, so so what are your exclamation points trying to say? Or like enthusiasm or I don't want someone to feel badly, right? We also do that. Like if I just add an exclamation point, maybe that will land more softly. Sometimes true, sometimes not. 
folks who historically have used exclamation points are tend to be much more comfortable using emojis. The rationale behind it remains the same. Sure, sometimes all of this is received as unprofessional. Um, and again, that's your call. If you're someone who usually uses a lot of exclamation points, including them would be consistent with who you are. If all of a sudden you go from like emojis and exclamation points to, you know, just like periods and semicolons, very, very formal, right? That's, that's not, you know, that's going to make people be like, did she write this? Who is this? Right? Is this, this is the person that I thought I was getting in touch with. And consistency is key when it comes to leadership and specifically to communicating like a leader, right? Like consistency increases trust, speaks to integrity. So it is worth really diving into and figuring out what is your leadership style? How can you align your communication accordingly? Now let's circle back to the third email. I'm going to reread it because I blah, blah, a bit and you might've forgotten it. Here it is. Thank you for your email. I'm out of the office Thursday, June 2nd and Friday, June 3rd and unable to respond at this time. Note the boundary. You're not going to hear from me. I will be happy to get back with you when I return on Monday, June 6th. If this is an urgent matter, please email so-and-so. If you wish to make a gift to our organization, please don't, please visit, insert URL. I'm anonymizing these things um, because I, for obvious reasons. <laughs> um, so nary an exclamation point to be seen. And the tone is more straightforward, like um, a tidge more formal than the other two. But this one has an end, like a surprise ending, a twist ending of sorts, as it includes a call to action to donate. This is genius. This is a great use of your out of office reply. Okay. And, and note that's not a long, that is one, two, three, four sentences all in, short sentences all in, right? So um, even if they don't get a single donation this way, this very savvy human is planting this a seed right? And setting an expectation that you will give at some point, right? Maybe not today, but someday, right? They're just plants in that seed with this little out of office reply. Smart, smart, smart. Okay. So when you go to write your next out of office, here's what you're going to do, right? Recap. Number one, start with how you want the recipient to feel. How do I want them to feel? And then two, figure out what information you need to convey, right? Manage expectations. What, and if, you know, if you're someone, and this is pretty common, who, if you're out of the office, there's somebody else that, you know, some, if it's time sensitive, you know, all of that stuff that they should contact, um, all that, all of those things. And then three, write an out of office in your voice, the factors in number one and number two, align the inputs with the outcomes intangible and tangible that you want to achieve. Okay. I hope that you will be taking time off this summer to recharge your batteries, reconnect with yourself and your friends and your family and have fun and laugh a lot and do silly things and, you know, whatever you do on vacation, all the things uh, that get to happen on vacation that don't generally happen um, when we are working away. I, I, I hope that that is on your docket. Uh, that time is so important. Um, it, it does, it allows us to show up as our fullest selves um, in the other moments of our life, the non-holiday times of our life, right? And now you can take that time off knowing that you're out of office because you're going to craft it, right? In the way that we just talked about, you're out of office is communicating exactly what you want and in a way that reflects the style that is you, all you, 100% you, 
Law of Little Things in Action. Okay, thank you for listening. I hope this was helpful. And I hope that you have a stupendously awesome day. If you enjoyed this episode of the Communicate IO podcast, you know what to do next. Please rate, review, subscribe, and share. Leading can be hard. Communication doesn't need to be. If you're interested in having your organization or team learn how to communicate IO, I would love to hear from you. Get in touch at info at klaxoncommunication.com. Thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. And thank you for being a leader who is making our workplaces and our world better places to be.